Welcome, Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your favorite blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. Start out here by telling you guys. I did say you guys, and I'll explain that in a minute. But it's 420 day. You're way too excited about this. No. Hey, I am excited not I am excited because of our guest today. He's actually our co host, Brian Little, um, your favorite blockhead, another show here on Yogi's Podcast Network. And one you over and over and over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> and here he is. Blockhead himself. You know, sometimes the sequel doesn't always live up to the hype, but I would certainly appreciate just a little round of applause in your head, in the background, in some way, because the blockhead is here. And last time I walked in with some root beer, this time I'm stepping up with a towel to wipe my brow with and step off for the end of the show. It will be necessary for the end. I will need one for this workout that's coming up today. Because sometimes podcasting can take a bit out of you. Is 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 the CEO somewhere in the audience? Am I is is Yogi somewhere in there? He's under the bed. Being been, waiting, been waiting for this one all week. So uh, I'm sending this response straight to the CEO. This is a typed email. The Ranger isn't gonna like this, Yogi. <laughs> I'm glad that you got that, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Yogi. Oh, poor thing. And and here we go again. Oh, and that got Marcy stirred up too. And then she's like, "Are you talking to another dog? How dare you? She runs my, she runs the show around here. Maybe I need to do my own network from Miss Marcy. She's always telling her stop calling her sir. I mean, there there there's issues. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wonder sometimes. Does Yogi have himself some doggy for okay. He's having it under the bed right now. He sounds like a little bit under there. I think so. Yeah, use, use the doggy osmosis that you've been able to use to communicate and see if, uh, what are you doing under there? I mean, so I let, me, have... let me tell you guys something funny though. Like, like last night, okay, first time in a while, really, it's observation. I sleep all that well. I, I woke up at like 30 in the morning and kept trying to go to bed, back to sleep, listening to podcasts that I'll be honest, some of them that I tried to listen to last night are super boring. So I was hoping, hey, did you know my luck? They were kind of interesting. <laughs> so I stayed awake. Well, then I decided to get up and go to the bathroom, come back, come back to bed, and Look over, I hear this like ching 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 ching. And I look over and there's Yogi on his main back, scratching back and forth on his back. You know, dog. And mm-hmm. he's just going crazy, scratching his back at three in the morning. And then he jumps up on the bed, gets right up against me. It's so sleepy. You could not have slipped this paper between him. And just takes a deep breath and goes to sleep. He was itchy. It's not his yeah, it's a real complaint. For the last two years, I don't remember having a full night's sleep because somewhere in there, I will have a little jingle jangle next to my ear that chooses to come to me, not not to the missus, not to the little redhead girl. Comes around to my side and tells me, "Hey, it's P thirty, and you need to bring me out and when I need to do my business." So it, it's never undisturbed unless we go and visit the family for the weekend. She stays. That's again, I go. I slept the whole night. That's that's almost unheard of in my world. But you know what? I wouldn't trade her for the world. Wouldn't would not trade her for the world. She's just like a podcast. The dog can be very therapeutic. They are man's best friend. 
they are you know just just a answer to so many of our prayers. See, I only get sleep harassed by the cat who likes to sleep on my hip and scratch the crap out of my legs on her way to my hip every single well day. imagine. Yeah, haven't you rant about that one recently about about your cats? I mean, you you went into one about the the dodo bird with the big feet, but I mean, you've got you got several other instances. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If you want to walk down memory lane, here's your chance. There's your window. He ate a cat toy earlier. God. Completely ate all the feathers off of it because he's an asshole. Growing up, it's ah, yeah. kind of a fucking strange thing. He, he, he will probably leave us tomorrow. Tomorrow's Easter. And he has some people driving almost three hours one way to meet him. And I can't imagine him doing that unless they were completely sold on this dog. So, we'll miss him. Yeah. But you know what? That's what we do it for. We do it for them. I mean, we try anyway. Absolutely. What do you? What? What do you think? What do you think about this this four twenty day that we keep saying we're going to talk about it and then go off the top of it? So, if you guys don't want to talk about it, we'll talk about something else. I don't necessarily that we don't want to talk about it. It's just one of those. What's what are we what are we going to discover in this format that hasn't already been discovered? Uh, I mean, but, uh, you know, I, Tor- Tori, I want to hear yours, but it's it's just, uh, you know, you know what? I'm going to let y'all go with it. Let's, y'all start here and I'll just fill in the gaps. I seriously saw a drug deal on the way to breakfast this morning. Yeah, and well, imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I don't think I've ever oh, seen a drug not. deal before. Like, two dudes on bikes, then they, like, shake hands, and then they chatter a little bit, and then they ride away. Like, bro. And, and, the, and the, guy, the guy who received drugs? <laughs> Well, it's so obvious because he just kept his fist clenched. Yeah. All the entire time. He didn't relax. It's like, so you, your fist wasn't clenched. Then you shook hands with that bro. And then, then all of a sudden your hands and your fist is clenched. Huh. I wonder what went on. What I will notice about 420 Day is in previous years, there have been clouds and clouds and clouds of smoke everywhere, like in our apartment building. And this year, it's no different than usual. Like light marijuana smells in occasional places in the building and that's it. I think the legal legislation yeah. has ruined the effects of the day. I was gonna say, you know it's you, you know it's legal here in California, right, Brian? In, indeed I do. I'm quite aware of that. And she's right, it's completely changed um this particular day especially. Like right. people just be open with it. I think I think it's that you have to be you know open with it all the time rather right. than only on a holiday. Right. Holidays. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, it, it doesn't even just apply to this day, but the honest fact is I work in middle school. I work in the public education sector, and I appreciate that even though I went to a Christian university, my professor said whenever we were going into the very last semester, he said, any of y'all that are working in middle school and high school, and this even pertains to elementary now, y'all need to learn what weed smells like. And they had this deer in the headlight look in their face like, did he really just say that? I'm like, he's not kidding. I'm like, the day that I went and did student observations, I could smell it passing the hallway. I mean, it's just, you know, it's very out, out in the open. Here in, in Texas, it happens under people's noses all the time. There's no denying where it is. And again, there's there's a lot of... There, there might be us trying to enforce the rules, whether it's school districts or it's the city, the community itself. But it comes down to when you have a parent that you tell them that your kid brought their stash to school and what their response is, eh, I'll just tell them not to bring it next time. Well, well done. Wow. Parent of the year it's right there. <laughs> so that's kind of more of the world I deal with. And so it's, it's more of, but, you know, when you teach in middle school. You, you almost don't even become susceptible to weed anymore because of all the other smells that go through a school on a daily basis. Dude, do you even know how many times I want to look at kid and go, dude, if you got that kind of an upset stomach, I got a kid that straight up, I'm going to quote from Eddie B. I got a kid that straight up poo-booed me and crop dusted like you wouldn't believe. You don't know what poo-boo means. That means when you're pooting, a little speck of boo-boo come out of you at the end. So I know it was, it erupted in my room. So I'm like, hey, just because I can figure out what this smells like, that doesn't mean I don't have to combat all of these other things that cause nasal scars in me on a daily basis. So a weekend is a, is a reprieve. Like we, we, have one, uh, we have one in the flesh this year. You know, 14 days of the 28. See? Okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking about There you have it. I know. There you have it. We all have 
um, video interface where we can see one another on here. And, you know, at, at the top of the screen is Ryan and I on my view. And I realize you can it is. look like. So, um, and then on the bottom, right directly underneath, is Tyrion. And so as I'm saying, we have come in the flesh. I literally get the word flesh up to the part of it. And there's two hands coming at me with a bird. She's communicating bird. Yeah, she she's verbally communicating with you. <laughs> What's not about her? It's Mitchell. He's the smelliest. Well, he isn't anymore. Shocking. But it's like the smelliest person on earth. The animals, cats, stopped sleeping on his bed because of scent. His bed. When I have to change his sheets, which I'm never going to do again, by the way, he needs to do it himself. It's like, huh, huh. <laughs> like that kid is the stinkiest little savage. That's the kid that will run in cross country. He'll run three miles in like 20 ish minutes and then come home and you'll say, oh, you should take a shower. No, I'm going to do it in the morning. Good night. And he gets into the bed smelling like huh. that. And he thinks it's okay because when he gets up in the morning, he takes a shower. But what he's not realizing is he should take a shower so it's not transferred the stench to bed. You know, it's not a shot at him, but I've always wondered when people do that, I just wonder if maybe, maybe what we could do to solve that issue, at least when it comes to hygiene, those that think it's a greeting instead of an actual uh, term or it's a uh, lifestyle, uh, maybe one of the things we need to fix are some of the directions that come with things like bottles of shampoo and things that are body, body conditions. Have you not looked how they say rinse, lather, repeat? They don't have a stop on there. There's, there's people still in the shower to this day. It doesn't yeah, say anything yeah. about dry your hair and try it again tomorrow. <laughs> right, right, maybe right, maybe right. He, he struggles with the directions. <laughs> Could we target the, yeah. in, the, the, the the components, the issues here? But. It's, it's like but the problem that I have and I struggle with I make strong suggestions that he go and take the darn shower now, but I don't want to control it. You know, he's trying. That's how he. That's how he exerts his. I don't know his identity with who he is. And sometimes he'll take the suggestion. Like he'll say, "Oh, well, Victoria, you just washed your sheets. You just put on new sheets. Maybe you should take a shower now. That way, you won't smell so bad." And then he'll think about it. And go, yeah, you're right. And then he'll go and he'll do it. And I, I don't mind it. I just don't want to pick him up like a pawn on a chessboard and put him in the tower. He has to figure it out. And he has, actually. That's why I said Next time he goes to a bonfire and he doesn't shower before he goes to bed, I am going to pick him up and put him in the shower. I don't even care. I'll pick him up and I'm going to haul his ass into the shower. He put his clothes in the bonfire on the floor and then the male cat who loves me like just bored. Curled up inside of said bonfire clothing. And then we go up to the cat and we give him, and this is Parker that we're talking about. We go to give him a hug, and I'm like, he smells like Smokey. He's Smokey. And so I renamed him Smokey for about a week because he smelled. And the cat would be the bandit, I would assume. It was so bad. So bad. Um, but he just you know, and you tell him, and he'll go, oh, yeah. And then the next time it'll come around, and he'll say, remember, you're going to a bonfire, make sure you take a shower as soon as you get inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe if we, we came up with an app that was on our phones that would translate from practical talk into millennial understanding, then maybe that could be a way to get him to, to consider going to the show. Or maybe it wouldn't, he didn't fall, does he fall into post-millennial? I don't know. I just meant that, you know, there, there are things that I've always wondered. If, if you're able to do a Google translation from Spanish to English, why can't they make a, a Google app that can be for when we want to say something to our loved one, we talk into it, and then the woman words come up right here on the translation and get us out of trouble. Whoever comes up with that, is the smartest man walking the face of this planet. That's smarter than Elon Musk right there. You think about this kind of creepy what you just said in a way. And here's why. Because as I, you know, I, I, that's my field of business. And as I think about it, there's only one really good way for an application like that to work. Well, it's 
you give it to somebody, like I would give a copy to you and a copy to Victoria, and I would use the copy. And we talk to each other. So when we have phone conversations, when we're talking to other people, we just let it listen. And then it learns what we like and what we don't like, and how we talk, how we interpret what you're saying. So when you say, you know, XYZ, and we interpret it in DF, well, you don't know that. And I don't know you meant XYZ. We're out of sync. But the actor, then, like you're talking about, you want to say something to, I want to say something to Victoria and make sure we don't get in a fight because it's important. <laughs> I say, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it sends it to her, but it translates it to the way she would hear it. And suddenly it makes it all make sense. I love it. But you see what I said about having to train it for like years. I don't see how you could. I think if you tried to use it right away, an app like that right away, it would it would be like autocorrect on your app. <laughs> yeah. And yet, Blockhead has once again rabbit trailed you completely off of your main topic. This is just how the Antoria rolls. So, but I got a question. Sure. So, talked about the 420. I thought how. What I found interesting, I, I, every time I talk to you, either here or online in the chat, I find out something else about you that I like. And one of the things that I found out tonight, I kind of already knew, but this is sort of like laid out right in front of my eyes. But how do you feel about your job? You know, like, I feel the exact same way as you do. Um, and what's interesting is that this dog is probably the first dog in my entire life that bonded to me first. And well, hearted. If you had any idea how irritated the little redhead girl is, because, you know, Marcy is actually an anniversary gift that came up. I don't want to cut off your train of thought. I just want to tell you how she came to be. Because... Our anniversary is July 3rd, when we got married. July 3rd is my grandfather's birthday. He is my hero. He was a corporal in World War II. He was stationed in New Guinea, and he has had a huge impact on who I am in this world. This is not me being blockhead. This is Brian Little telling the absolute truth. There are two people in this world that I wish I could be half the man that they were, and that's my grandfather and my father. And when it comes to my grandfather... Um, being July 3rd being his birthday, when we got married, we did have a collage put together of pictures of grandma and grandpa that held a seat for, for those who could not be with us in person who are here in spirit when we took our vows and when we tied the knot and when I took the resolution, the oath of being courageous unto her and signed. That's, that's another story in itself. But that was July 3rd. We came home a year later after we had gone to uh, a, a church summer camp, we came home and I looked and I saw a friend of mine had put up a dog rescue picture. And this sweetheart right here had been caught in a storm drain for easily four days straight in Fort Worth, Texas. There was a gentleman that had a broken arm or at least an arm that had gone through surgery. He finally found a way to get it over the, over the gate and be able to go save her and be able to get her to the shelter and then when they showed pictures of her, you could see her ribs, how much she hadn't gone. There was obviously some abuse in her life because she's scared to go near a black cord. She will not walk past it. Like it traumatizes her. She's scared to death of thunderstorms. But she came across on our one-year anniversary. And all that time, the little redhead girl had been trying and convincing me and you know, just drilling it into me to be able to get a boxer. Because they're great with kids and because, you know, I would love having a boxer. And sure enough, when I saw her picture, I said, Heather, look at this. She went, oh, my gosh, can we have it? Can we have it? When we went and met her, we went and met her at the shelter before we picked her out. We found out that as a veteran, I'm able to adopt her for free from the Fort Worth shelter. So I didn't have to pay a dime for this little sweetheart to come home with us. But then there's the dog food, there's the vet bills, there's the other things that are accessories, I guess. But again, in a way, she has been so therapeutic to be part of this family and be able to be not only a part of the peanuts um, for, for her name, but it's just, you know, it's it's filled in a lot of the emptiness that was needed, especially coming home as a veteran uh, because, you know, the companionship that you get they're they're just it's very indescribable but she is a part of our family for life now she's 
officially part of the Blockhead Nation until the day she goes home to that sweet beyond with my other furry friends that have passed beyond her. Uh, unconditional love aspect. Yep. You know, I assume you can unconditionally love you, but I don't think it goes to the depth that a dog does because, like, there are situations that the human is comfortable dealing with, so they kind of pull back from. In a way, that's a condition, right? Sure. The dog doesn't do that. The dog, you're in a bad mood, the dog loves you. You're in a good mood, the dog loves you. Don't feel good, the dog loves you. Like, they're just so affectionate and giving. And I used to think that cats were not, but what I've discovered is that cats are just in their own really weird, screwed up kind of way. Yeah. I do. I do stress screwed up. Yeah, they're very individualistic, absolutely. Yeah, and they, they, they do it on their terms. But they're they're always it, like we when we went away for the weekend to the Libertarian Convention, um, dog Yogi went with Melissa. Um, two foster dogs went to one of the other people in the rescue who's nearby. And cats with us here with like massive food and water. And then our friend was checking on them each day to make sure they were okay. So, you know, super independent animals. We come back all angry at us. They were pissed. Dogs. So they came, they, they came up to us and they gave us all the love and attention and then they went off in their corners and like stared us down and wouldn't come near us again for like three days. Wow. So what I, I wanted to say, like, yeah. did the 420 part, that's kind of our normal um, approach on things, but you know what? You're our new friend here. Let's talk about, and I want to know, I sincerely want to know, what you think, not what doesn't have to be conventionalism. If you agree with conventionalism, Give us what you think is the most exciting news coming out of the MMA world in the last 30 days. You know, in the in the last month, there's plenty of them that I really could go off on for a while. Um, before I get into that, I can tell you that even though I wouldn't be able to give you a lot of insight about 420, uh, there are plenty of guys that are MMA fighters like Nick and Nate Diaz that would not be at a loss for words about how they feel about, about 420. The Diaz brothers would be an easy one to go to. Um, here's the thing that, I, that I've been trying to say about uh, MMA in the last the last year and up until where we are now is that you, you get defined nowadays in MMA more by what you say on the mic than what you get accomplished inside of the cage. Finally, just finally, ever since Connor's loss to Khabib, there has been a bit of an undercurrent that is now becoming more appreciated and more vibrant in the MMA community is we want to get back to the punches and kicks. And kicks. We want to get back to the wrestling and the grappling and the octagon control and the submissions and the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We want to get back to that. So if I'm going to pull anybody that's most interesting, I'm going to have to talk about three worlds here. I have to talk some about the UFC, some about Bellator MMA, and also about one championship. I have to use those three to be fair to what's most exciting. So which chapter do you want me to start with? Bellator, one championship, or the UFC? Y'all tell me which one. You. If you want to listen to people yammer at each other about something and be funny, and you could watch professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. You know, people watch professional, professional wrestling, the soap opera aspect. I always say it's a male soap opera. And that's, that's why people watch it. And, and it's also why it's one of those things that if you're into it, you're really into it. And then once you get out of it, it's really hard to go back to it and really hard to follow it. Who's that? Why are they upset? What happened here? Who's this? And until you learn the backstory, it doesn't matter. But the fighting part of it, the, the MMA part, the legit fighting, those people should be telling their stories with their matches that they have. You know, the outcome. Like, you know, when you talk about, it's unfortunate, but when you talk about Mike Tyson, most people talk about him biting off a Holy Holyfield more than any of the great, like, knockouts that he's had. You know, the first waning moments of a match, you know? right? And I think, I think 
get boxes, it started coming out and using the microphone and trash talking each other and whatever. I don't know. I think boxing boxing's in pretty bad shape. It could be yeah. in worse shape because nobody watches boxing and listen to somebody riff on somebody else. And nobody watches like UFC you watch somebody riff on you know somebody else. That's not why we watch it. Why? Yeah, not the diehard fans, the casual one. You can win in with a with a promo. It would take five minutes to put Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz for the third goal round. It would take five minutes to get the casual fans that would come and go. But ones that are diehard that stay the course, yes, it does take time for the fight, and it does take for that. So that's that's why I'm getting that out of the way. Let, let me ask you a question since you brought up boxing. I'm glad you said that about Mike Tyson. I've, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Why do people still to this day say – that Muhammad Ali is the greatest of all time. Either one of you. I would say because they felt like he was respectful and he expressed the faith. Was he the first one to say it? That said, I'm the greatest. Take a look at his mic skills, look at the marketing. I'm the greatest of all time. He was the first to say it. Why is he the first? He was the first one to do it. I mean, when it comes to the skills and abilities and the weight classes, sure, we can put him up in the, in the top five of every decade as we go through each one. For the, for the 90s, how Tyson dominated and then how Floyd has dominated into the decades beyond, this is where the greatest of all time really becomes an issue with me is that you cannot put LeBron and a prime Michael Jordan in and have them play a game of, uh, a, a game of street ball. It's uh, never going right. to happen. You can take the best. You can take the decades and say who dominated that. Well, for a long time in the '60s on to the '70s, yes, Muhammad Ali dominated. Everybody wanted the time with him. We just had that with Conor McGregor in MMA. Everybody wanted a piece of Conor. Why? Because he was the biggest draw for the industry. And then he crossed over, even though he lost to Floyd Mayweather. Conor McGregor is a spectacle. This is what is getting the casual viewers to come. But now that a lot of them have moved away from him since he lost legitimately to Khabib, even with the melee that happened afterwards where Khabib right. dived into the crowd, pulling up something that looked like pro wrestling, regardless of what the reason he did, I still think he did it for no other reason. The the, the incidents with the bus, the incident with, with the fight in the middle of the ring, you know, into the cage. I, my answer is that, there is an era, there is a time period where somebody dominates it entirely. And now that Connor's cooled his jets now, and now that he's not on the scene anymore, we are seeing the legitimate fighters come back into the era. That's why I called it the Eisenhower era. Because when you look at the time of FDR and then in the time of Truman, when Eisenhower comes into his presidency, he pulls off a lot of really good things for the country. He really does. But he gets overshadowed a lot because he falls in between FDR and Kennedy. And both of those two had a charisma that resonated through the entire Western Hemisphere. Eisenhower did a pretty good job in his two terms. I mean, there are things that we can all disagree on. And there was, a, it was, uh, but again, when I say that in MMA, we are in an Eisenhower era where there's a lot of fighting, there's a lot of skill, there's a lot of guys who are telling their stories. Inside of the cage, there is cordial and respect that's happening after the fight, and there is a good buildup, but it's not quite got the flavor that people like Connor were able to pull off. You see where I'm going with this. So when I, when I look at, so I guess I'll start with the UFC. Now that he is not in the picture and Khabib is on suspension, we've got to look at the other guys who have really turned heads. And the guys right now that has got everybody's attention, you mentioned uh, you mentioned WrestleMania. Well, you mentioned WWE. WrestleMania, the very first match was Brock Lesnar, and he loses in like three minutes, which means, okay, if you're a smart mark, if you know the world of MMA, you know that that means he can give up his contract, and now he can go fight Daniel Cormier, who is the heavyweight champion, and he can fight him. That was asked for a while back. Daniel Cormier yeah, yeah. asked for him. He's the one that stepped into the cage after he defeated Stipe Miocic. And then Brock came in and we had that little melee. Whether it was scripted or not, that's what all of ESPN and all of sports news was talking about. Oh my gosh, Brock Lesnar just stepped in the cage with Daniel Cormier. 
He won the first one to call him out, though. It was John Jones who did. But since John Jones popped and they called that a no contest, he was the first one to call for Brock Lesnar after he beat Daniel Cormier. So the true heated rivalry that the two people who legitimately hate each other, that would be an easy fight to promote, would be John Jones and Dan Daniel Cormier 3. Even though Jones has beat him twice, you can always go with it. It wasn't legitimate because it was on some kind of PED, some kind of banned substance. Either way, we found out that Jones has beat him twice, but to to, to have the true rivalry, the, the guys that hate each other, how easy it would be to promote that. They have never fought at heavyweight. So Daniel Cormier versus either Brock Lesnar or John Jones is the talk of the MMA community right now. Big time. I mean, that would be a draw for any event at any time. They would clear the stage for DC versus Brock or DC versus John Jones. And if that doesn't happen, guess who the fallback is? Stipe Miocic. And this is a guy that most people don't know who he is. And that is a shame, an absolute shame. He belongs in the Eisenhower era of mixed martial arts. So anyway, for that setting, that one would be good. Two guys that people need to be watching in UFC right now, Israel Adesanya. People need to be watching him when he goes up against Robert Whitaker. That's a fight people need to watch. Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum just, just had probably the best fight of the year, except maybe Dustin Poirier and Max Holloway just happened. Those are two fantastic fights that people should be talking about, but the casual fan couldn't no more tell you who it is. But they know who John Jones is. They know who Brock Lesnar is. They know who Ronda Rousey is. They know who Conor McGregor is because of what they can say. Why is uh, Muhammad Ali the greatest of all time? Because of his marketing and his skills on the mic. Because he said, I'm the greatest. Nobody could stick with him in a verbal assault in any way, shape, or form. So in the UFC, that would be the one I would give you. For Bellator, oh my goodness, people need to be watching the Welterweight Grand Prix to see if, here's what's happened. They're doing a bracket tournament. They're actually doing a Grand Prix where everybody fights it out to be the best instead of doing an interim championship that kind of holds the spot until the other fighter comes back off either an injury or a suspension or whatever. And that's that tends to be what happens in, in UFC is they do interim championships. They're like promise reigns. Over in Bellator, they're doing the actual like wrestling, like NCAA wrestling. They are doing the brackets, and whoever moves forward, you have the final championship. Rory McDonald has the welterweight championship right now. I think he lost to Gegard Masasi, but either way, somehow he was holding the title. Either he lost it or he's still holding it. I think Rory McDonald is a guy that is a little bit above the the uh, competition that is in Bellator right now, except maybe one other guy. His name is Michael Venom Page. They call him MVP. Those are two guys we need to be watching for in that setting. Michael Chandler is my guy in Bellator. I love him to death. He's coming up again. You'll see me emotionally attached to him. But really in Bellator, be watching for Rory McDonald and be watching for Michael Venom Page, MVP and Rory McDonald. Let's see what happens with that welterweight Grand Prix. They're going to do another one. And with 1FC, oh my goodness, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson just showed that he is still the greatest flyweight in any organization. Of anybody that has gone, they've done what's kind of like a trade. They've alternated positions where some can go to one championship in Japan and the other ones can come to the UFC which is an open door. It opens the floodgates for a lot of good and a lot, and a lot of bad, a lot of positive and negatives. But the good is that Demetrius Johnson is able to go in both areas and is able to show that he is that freaking good. So if you're going to watch anything in the UFC, I would say watch Israel Adesanya. I would watch Justin Gaethje, too. That's another guy that's looking pretty good that could go for any title he wants, lightweight or welterweight. So Israel Adesanya, be watching for him. People are watching for DC, Brock Lesnar, and John Jones. What's going to happen here? In Bellator, be watching for Michael Venom Page and for Roy McDonald. And for one championship, the guy that's stealing the show right now is Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. No way around that. And there you have it. Sorry, we finally found somebody who knows more about MMA than you. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you disagree, here's your chance. Everyone knows more about MMA than me. Literally everyone. <laughs> no, you, you know your stuff. You know your stuff. And, and you're not 
you're also not wrong about uh, what you say about casual fans because they're the ones that they're trying to reach with that stuff. And they, even the whole they're the greatest of all time stuff is to reach the casual fan because I'm with you. Like mm-hmm. People like to say, oh, like I'm a, I'm a huge Dodgers fan. Huge mm-hmm. Dodgers fan. My entire life I've been a Dodgers fan. And people like to say, oh, you know, but Angels won the World Series last. The Angels won the World Series last. And I think to myself all the time, take any of the world championship winning Dodgers and put it against the Angels and I bet you the Dodgers would win. But I can't prove that because yeah. you can't make those teams win each other. It's impossible. So, and then people try to use computer simulations. Well, yeah, that's the cool thing about sports is that they're not X's and O's, you know, ones and zeros. There's emotions play into it, mindset plays into it. There's a whole bunch of things play into it. So on paper, Team A should destroy Team B, but for whatever reason, sure. Team B destroys Team A, and that's what's so exciting about sports. You never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, I'm not into this greatest of all time stuff ever. I don't. I, I I might tell someone, in my opinion, Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James. Yeah, my opinion too. It's just one of those when you look at the eras itself and who dominated, you can have that discussion. It's just, yeah. and, 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 and all these records are set to be broken anyway. There's always going to be somebody that strives to not be like Mike, but wants to be better than Mike. I'm okay Fire. with if one day Stephen Curry happens to actually surpass both of them, if that were to happen. You know, just for example, throwing him out there, you know, just because I look at his work ethic. But again, I'd be okay with anybody that could surpass. That's why I say things like it's really hard for me to accept. John Jones being considered one of the greatest of all time, because then when he's been caught for banned substances, it makes me wonder about everybody else that was never tested, just like how we wonder about baseball who never got tested and what was a farce and what was not. But right now, if I look at if I look at the one fighter that has encapsulated that if you were going to do a Mount Rushmore of the MMA fighters, there are people that belong on it, and one of them that belongs on the Mount Rushmore without a shadow of a doubt which Toria would appreciate this because he's Canadian bred, is George <laughs> Pierre. Nobody can tell me that he doesn't belong in every top five of every MMA stash that's out there. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's no, there's no way to know he's clean, but name another guy that would leave on top, come back after four years, and defeat somebody like Michael Bisping as the desirable fashion as he did, but then when he gets hit with colitis, he hands the belt off so that it's not holding up in the division. They can continue business as usual. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reel this in here in a second. Sure. So we close out the show. But I have. I have a question. Okay. How do you feel about performance enhancing drugs in sports? What I'm. What I'm honestly saying is that where the fuzzy line has happened now, when you look at what's happened with USADA or look at any other sport, we have to look at what is illegal and what is banned. Because a guy by the name of Lyota Machida took something from GNC, reported it to the right people, and they suspended him for a year. So all I'm getting at is that, you know, I can't answer that just on the cuff because I'm going, when you look at each one, what did they test positive for? Everything that has that John Jones tested positive for, I cannot look past that and go, okay, you know, we, we can give you a free pass on this. I don't give the guy any more passes. He shouldn't waste my time anymore. Why ban anything? Well, I mean, again, the only reason why, you know, and recently, you know, the only reason why I say that is because another guy named TJ Dillashaw just got put on the shelf, too, because he took something that uh, apparently enhances his red blood cells. It, it helps you to heal faster. So if you look at that and you go, you know, we, we wonder what the intent is. When you take something, it comes down to what is the intent. Behind this, if you're taking it because you have aching muscles, that needs to be your. We figure out what your intent is. When we find out that you wear something called a wizenator inside of a cage because you know that you have to take a piss test after it's done, but then the wizenator breaks and now you have to go wow. sit with somebody and take. What is your intent? Oh, it was literally. Oh yeah. Wizenator is only necessary. Because there are banned substances. Yep. 
there's all that's the only reason that the wisdom would be what I'm asking you to think about is a situation where there are no banned substances. They just don't ban things. They're professional athletes. If they want to use um, steroids of some sort, that's a broad term. Okay? Yeah, it is. If they want to use steroids of some sort, performance enhancing drugs, that's up to them. And if you did that, if you did that, you'd, you'd level the playing field because they, what, would, what would likely happen is society would go, oh, look. Here's the harmful effects of those drugs in your body. Yeah, and then they would then they would get the younger generation, teach them not to use those drugs, and pretty soon no one would want to use a the drug. They're not banned, so there's not this. Ooh, I want I want to try that. And guess what? Suddenly those drugs go away because people make you know, it might be one person here, one person there, but it'd be easy to catch. And suddenly it's nice and clean out there. No, no performance enhancing drugs. People are safe. I, I just think that when you ban substances, you play into that part of the human psyche that says, Ooh, I'm getting away with something. And that that's a problem, you know? It's it's why kids do a lot of the things that they do. Uh, it's it's not because they want to, it's because they can. That's really you know, and, and the whole thing is they can get away with it knowing Mom and dad don't want them to do that. Right. And it doesn't make, it, make them a bad kid, it just makes them human. Just like I think, it doesn't make someone a cheater because they're taking drugs. What makes them a cheater is the rules say they shouldn't take the drugs. So if you didn't have the ban in the first place, you wouldn't need the rule saying you couldn't take this stuff and take that out of there. Now the person's in the same situation, they're no longer a cheater, they're a competitor. They're doing what do we always say? Do you take this? what it takes or like it, right it, now we're it, it, it just it just kind of is one of those you know any fan that would it, it seems like to me the biggest thing behind it is that we cannot judge because the credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena we're not going in and doing the fight but it certainly does have a moment where when we realize what 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 they have been shelled for when you have a fan following that believed in you and that trusted you that that bought your message, and then you find this out, and it it, it just is a moment where it do, it does hurt. It really does. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts for me to hear that T.J. Dillashaw will not be back for a year. Uh, it 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 hurts to know that Matt Hughes will never be the same after a train wreck, and they are they're reporting that his wife has had to uh, file domestic abuse charges against him because he's not the same person anymore. So you know there there are things that I can I can only. I can only put myself so much in the fighter's shoes. I'm nothing more than a fan, and I'm thankful that I don't have to make those kind of calls. But it ju- it does have a effect effect to where it just makes me go, well, man, now now who can I trust? I mean, it's the same thing with like uh when we find out that Hulkamania when he says take your vitamins and train sounds like the vitamins that he was taking you would need a prescription for of that here. But you know, I guess that's the only thing. It's just from a from a from a moral defeat instead of a moral victory. So, the final thing I want to rant about, sure. I don't know where you realize that this is coming, but you decided this morning to go out for breakfast and to get uh, groceries for the weekend because we don't have any kids. So, um, think, yeah. you know, we want to make sure that we're not eating out all the time and eating in the garbage. So, so we'll go out for breakfast and we'll do it. So, she picks a place called Farmer Boys, which is two in the area. One, one if I turn left on the main street, and one if I turn right. So when you turn right, I know it's like just a little bit past the grocery store. So I'm heading there, and we're talking about stuff, and we're having like we always do, we're chitter chattering. And I mean, my gosh, man, I could leave the microphone on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I would never have to sit and record any interviews because I would have so much content. Just off of that, I mean, we talk about everything. Anyway, we're going and we're going, and all of a sudden I get to the street and it's called Brookers. And I said, oh, We've gone way too far. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's out there, man. We're way out there. Let's turn our phones on and do a podcast right here. You know? We grab Waze, and I punch in Waze, and I say, Oh, there it is. Hit it, go. It's a Waze that takes us to the right, and it takes us another right off the street called Broadway. And I'm driving, and you know, this is how you get brainwashed. I've lived in this area for 
25 years. So I'm cruising along, and all of a sudden I look at the map, I'm like, oh, why is my next turn? Like, oh, yeah, dead end. So it makes us turn and sit to the right, which is where the main street is going to go to. It makes us turn to the left. Like, okay, that makes sense. It's going to take us parallel to the main street and double us back around because I know the restaurant on that side of the street. Okay, no problem. Um, so far, I'm buying into this. And she says to me, what did you say? Why the heck are we going this way? You know, and I say, well, it's the main street right there. So it's right there. She's like, I don't remember what I said, so... You just basically said, well, that seems stupid. Uh, you know, you're typical Patsy self. <laughs> to which you respond with, thank goodness you're here. I'd have been lost in that field going in circles one night. This is why you needed that Google Man Translate. You could have said what you really want to say, and then you would have got yourself out of a jam yeah, yeah. by going, here, I'm just trying to get you home in the safest way possible. Right. So, so then, then Waze brings us around, and remember I told you we were on Broadway. Takes us off Broadway because Broadway's on the dead end. Takes us over about the next one street, make a right, takes us up about three major blocks, another right, and it has a certain street directly before Broadway. Mm-hmm. And it let us go straight to Broadway. <laughs> right. We would have been exactly where we were without having to do all that roundabout driving. It took us in the most convoluted way possible when it was all matter of a simple U turn, and we would have been there. It tried to do it to us again, and I just looked at her and I said, I've lost faith in this program today. We're going to continue the way I would go. And we did, and we got there, and everything was good. But wait, it's such a great thing that I really think, I'm beginning to wonder if they've modified their algorithms to like pick up what other people do when they drive. Because today's move seemed like a person who was completely lost out of their mind. Not <laughs> you agree? I do agree. The connection. I mean, if you look, you know, you've used ways, obviously, haven't you? Oh, yeah. So, you know, you're looking at whatever the size of your screen is, that's your little ways map. And then at the bottom, it's got like the directions that you're going to turn into like a strike there in the bottom. Well, the map, you're looking at the path you're going to take, and it's like up to the right, back up to the left. And to the left again, then to the right, then to the right again. That's where you were last time, turn right again. Oh, look, we're right back where we were, but we don't care that we turned 73 times to get here, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so then in the end, I'm going to be honest, as I park the car, all I'm going to think is, I hope she doesn't say, I told you it was stupid, because I was already angry. I didn't need to hear her voice. You know what? I don't know how it works. I don't know if you were intuitive or what, but you you didn't make any comment about it. It's just very crazy. But you must have been tempted to ruffle his feathers a little bit after that little fiesta. To to be honest with you, I was just really hungry, so I really just wanted to eat, and it didn't cross my mind at all. So was, there, there you have it. See, it was just so frustrating. To like, look at the map, and you know, but you buy into it. Why? Because hey, this is way. It knows where it's taking. Sometimes you buy into it, and then you find out, uh oh, I know, I just thought of what it is. You want to bet it was a joke? This is 420 day. Hmm. Look like we're stoned and driving. Somehow I doubt that. It wasn't April Fool's Day. Well, anyway, I don't have anything left to say. I only have one thing to ask about from Toria for the Toria Sode. Uh, I really appreciated something you did say in that episode because you were mentioning about when you were three and your brother hit the record and you made that pterodactyl screech. So, I mean, uh, the reason why I appreciate that is because at a very young age, I was pretty familiar with that Fisher-Price tape recorder as well. And I was also familiar with something else that both of y'all might resonate with. I'm just going to go and say it and see what kind of reaction I get. After you finish the story, you can turn the tape cassette over and do what? Record your own story. Yep, yep. Oh, man, I filled those up a lot when I was a kid. Most of the time with just random thoughts, but still, that's a big part of my childhood. I think that's why we all resonate so much with podcasting, because podcasting is really side two of the audio cassettes in the current era that we're in, if you think about it, in many ways. So, 
something and like immediately calculate in your head what the right move is. And the other person, they're not quite as quick as that. And so they make a couple of mistakes and then I have zero patience for that or whatever. You have the patience of Job. Come on. Something, brother. I mean, they don't care. They can drive over the top, and you can look up and go, "That is really dirty," and then they can go past you. Exactly. So, I mean, that's those are the two kinds of people I can't stand. Everybody else doesn't really bother me, but but that's how the nightly rant is. You know, we always we always find some really stupid um, thing that someone's done, and we 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 amplify it and make it stupider. Um, we like we like that, and it's why we don't name names because we don't want to make fun of a particular person. We only name names. Brings home the color awesome. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I know we have something special tonight. Something very special tonight. So I think that beans would like to go to bed. So good night, everyone. I'm going to do this in uh, different crescendos in a musical tone. Hasta la bye-bye. No dodo birds allowed. All right. Let me wipe my towel on the shoulder. And that's how we wrap up that session. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.